Welcome to our campaign, set in the galvanizing world of Electroval. Join us for an adventure full of noir intrigue and electrifying spectacle. See the description below for ways that you can stay informed on the latest episode of the series, as well as any other content featured on Dice Carnival. Today's episode is brought to you by C4 Labs, makers of amazing board game and RPG accessories, including dice towers, dice trays, and trading card deck boxes. Great as gifts, or just for yourself, and with free shipping in the US. I've been using their walnut dice coasters at my table for a year, and I can tell you they are unmatched. You can find their laser-crafted products at c4labs.com. Once again, that is c4labs.com. Link is in the description. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a good rating if you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, let's begin. Last time, our group of miscellaneous heroes in a Electroval came to see the performance of Hugo Brassleaf live in concert at the Crocodile's Ball Gown. The performance was incredible, to say the least. That was until Hugo's security automatons that he had recently acquired began going berserk, crackling with purple lightning that seems to have discharged from the entire space, and begin assailing the audience. In the panic, four individuals have a chance to make a change. And we left off with Soup leaping off of the the uh, the balcony, landing nearby Gienden, who had opted to take the stairs. Hugo, having gone and hid in the corner, and Sky, still attempting to make use of the diversion to gain access to her target. I did not. Fort Smith gilded. Tactfully retreated. You did most certainly. <clears throat> Feeling a little bit more rejuvenated from. Oops. Words of encouragement, we come back to your turn. Yes. You see that uh, Jaren, your Earth Genasi manager, stands about 10 feet away from you, not engaged with the security automaton himself, but he seems to uh, have nearly avoided the blast of this sort of draining electricity that had uh, compromised yourself. Hmm. But it is your go. Uh, is there a safe 15-foot cone where I can only hit the uh, the automaton and not? Certainly. Perfect. Certainly. Um, okay. Because you're on stage right now. No audience member is running on stage. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's wide enough that you can easily uh, pick up and, and you're going to cast a spell? Absolutely. I'm casting Burning Hands. What does it look like when you cast Burning Hands? <laughs> Hmm. Well, as I as I did before with my illusions, my my hands go ablaze, and I can whirl it around into a little a sideways tornado, if you will. You will. And do you use your uh, trumpet at all when you cast it, or not this time? This not time, this time. Um... So this is something you weave in your hand. So yeah. So you hold the trumpet to the side, and as you weave it around, you send out this uh, vortex of flame. And I believe the 
the security automaton that you had recently fixed needs to roll a dexterity saving throw. Yep. 14 it needs to match. Uh, it rolled a 3. Yes! Ah! So it takes full damage. 9. Ooh. 9 points of damage to the Aetherblade. As it gets struck with this uh, burning sort of tornado that swirls around. Um, Marcellus basically kind of takes that opportunity to back around and um, make his way out of the back of the stage, seeing the burning curtain nearby begin to spread. He's like, um, I'm going to make my, my, my leave early. It's been a pleasure working with you. Uh, uh, hopefully I can get you my get your recommendation for my next job. Goodbye. And he'll uh, go ahead and leave your employ. <clears throat> Anything else? Oh, right. The thing just looks at you and says, Protect. Is, uh... Is it within five feet of me? Yeah. Darn. It had just hit you with uh, two consecutive slam attacks. Yeah, I probably should not. Uh, not or let hit that. you with one, try with the other. Mm-hmm. I'm deciding between uh, between vanishing and uh, running away and risking and getting opportunity attack. All right. I'm gonna have to ask you to make the decision now. We're running. All right. Opportunity attack. Uh, where are you running towards? The the audience or? Um, I'm running toward Jaren. All right. So you can follow behind. Um, 15 to hit. That does hit. Four points of uh, bludgeoning damage Ow. as uh, it tries to grab a hold of you momentarily. Probably grabs the back of uh, your, your shirt or something like that. And as it grabs a hold, it just kind of... It's like it stops you for a moment as you kind of like get jerked, but the lightning coming off of it begins to incinerate the uh, the, the sleeve. And as you kind of pull away frantically, feeling like the, the tinge of the uh, draining sort of corrupt energy on your skin, you pull away and continue to run as it looks at the piece of fabric vaporized in its hand. And it looks towards you, its eyes, one of them kind of flashing between uh, purple and gold and the other one just blacked out. Mm-hmm. Yendon. All right. Uh, can I tell if the people are alive or dead? Uh, you wanna you wanna kind of approach them. I won't require a sort of check okay. for that. Um, just I, I'll require a check, but I won't make you use your action economy. Just roll me a quick medicine check. Medicine check. Nineteen. Nineteen. Um, looking at the four individuals who were struck directly with it, you can literally see like the bones and stuff kind of dissolving as the lightning or the corruption spreads a bit, even though it does seem to be slowing down now. Um, you're almost certain that these people would not have survived a wound like that, Ugh. especially with the sort of wounds you've seen in your history. Dang. All right. Um, but th- there are others trying to okay. flee. <laughs> okay, so... Um... I guess then I will run towards the construct and attempt to tackle it. So you see that this one seems to be lashing out wildly as it goes, property of Hugo Brassleaf, Hugo Brassleaf, Hugo Brassleaf. Um, You run up and you're going to, uh, you basically run up. Are you going to engage it? Um, Yeah, I'm going to engage it. So uh, yeah, you, you engage it. What would you like to do? Um... 
I guess I will shout at it. Um. Oh, I didn't think of a line. <laughs> um. Is it good? It's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll shout at it. Protect this and basically just like attempt to grapple it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, as you, uh, run up and you're going to try to grapple it, are you doing anything before then, or? Um. No. With your bonus action? Okay. No. Just, I'm, uh. I'm going to be patient as, with as, that. As you go ahead and run towards it, um, you see, uh, as it's, like, about to kind of smash down on a shorter halfling woman, um, kind of wearing a sort of stained dress and, you know, obviously the best thing that she could have worn out on her night. And as it's about to swing down, you go ahead and try to grab its arms and try to, like, hold it in place. Go ahead and roll me a athletics check. Athletics check. 19 again. That's what we call in the business a hug attack. I don't need to check what its strength is. It rolls a three. Okay. Um, so you kind of, like, grab a hold of it. And as it's about to, like, strike another member of this crowd, the energy crackling from it, you kind of pin it up against a nearby wall where it looks like they're doing uh, con some construction. A large sledgehammer that was leaned against it kind of, like, rattles off as you thump it into the stone. The sledgehammer landing at your feet, a few um, unmortared bricks kind of toppling. As you just, uh, oh, you know, ram, you just, like, football sled it into the wall. Anything else? Nice. Electric love. Um... Yeah, um, I'll wait for the hammer until next turn. Sure. Uh, Sky. Yes? It is your turn. You see all of this happening outside, but you are also faced with a door. Am I close enough to be in harm's way, or am I safe for the moment? Um, I, I asked if I'm close enough to be in harm's way currently, or am I safe? No, you are actually kind of behind like a glass box. Um, some of the glass light bulbs in here exploded and kind of caused some distress, kind of rained on some of the food and stuff, which you know probably isn't too healthy to eat. Um, I guess I really did need to be but... there to repair the light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you look out the window, and yeah, you are a little bit isolated from the danger at the moment. But you do see as uh, four individuals at once basically just die, go down. Um, you see the large man you kind of bumped past earlier lean down on one of them to check their pulse and shake their head. People are dying down there, Sky. But you also have a mission. I guess you How gotta decide. are the people in the uh, upper box... They seem to definitely be in a level of distress, but they are kind of standing with a sort of tiered comfort, like, I'm glad I'm not down there. Boy, status has its privileges. Okay, so, uh... No one's gonna miss them. <laughs> Very snooty. Alright, can I actually take my... dagger and try to, like, slip it in the door you know like how you get a lock like a credit card or whatever you can um you, you might more efficiently be able to use your thieves tools but you could roll with them 
as you flavorfully do this. You, you you don't see an immediate lock mechanism, but you can try to like jimmy them to try to manipulate it through the door. Okay, Your thieves' tools aren't just lock picks; they're also things like files and hooks and small mirrors and stuff, or you know, doing sort of uh, TV stuff. You said that like all lock picking was off the table, but yeah. All right, I'll nope. I'll use those then. All right. Um. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and just roll me a thieves' tool check. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly what I'm doing here, but I have a fifteen. What do I? All right. Do I so I, I, I don't think that you're expertise, but I know you're proficient in it. What did you roll in the die? Fifteen. I'm sorry. 15. What do I? So, do I add anything? Yeah, you add your dexterity and your proficiency bonus. And I don't think you're an expertise in lockpicks, but you... 19? 19. You're trying to, like, figure out the mechanism, and you're working deftly with this distraction, but it's not enough. You try to, like, jimmy through whoever made this lock clearly wanted a level of security. But you do kind of think a little bit, and you look up from where you are in that sort of glassed-in area beyond the window, and you do see that catwalk, and you do remember that there is another window when you were standing on the balcony that you could have looked, that you could also see into. Perhaps there's another way in if you don't want to try again next turn. Okay. Well, I'll save that for the next turn then. <laughs> All right. Um, you got a bonus action movement. Do you want to start making your way over there or? Yes. Yeah, I will do that. All right. So you, so you start pushing through a kind of like, you jimmy it in there, but you just can't get enough space. You think you would have if you were able to see the lock more clearly. Um, DC 20 lock. Um, but you do see the other individual standing there, the Fire Ganassi individual saying, Oh, interesting. As you see a column of flame uh, encompass one of the, like a tornado of flame encompass one of the automatons down there. Hmm, quite interesting. Um, there's the glass there, and are you, like, pulling out, like, something to get ready to smash the glass with? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Wait, okay. do I need to smash the glass to get to the catwalk? Is that what, what's going on? You would have to, yeah. Okay. You don't see any sort of vent, you don't see any sort of latches. Yeah, I've got plenty of stuff. I mean, I've got the dagger I was just using, right? I could... Yeah, you've just got all these VIPs standing, feeling safety behind this, this pane of glass that you're, you're pulling out, like, a crowbar or something to break. Sounds good. All right. Um, moving down the initiative order. It is now going to be the Aetherblight's turn. So the one that was recently set on fire looks down at you and it says, But why, Hugo? And it's going to uh, try to make a grapple attack against you. Don't toy with me like that. As it just follows you and, and tries to like leap and football lunge at you. Tries to football lunge the gnome. Or halfling, sorry. That was the one shot. No. Roll me an acrobatics or athletics check, your choice. Acrobatics it is. <laughs> 17. There we go. Finally. Yeah. Hmm. Finally. I guess because you're the one resisting it, I'm going to say that that makes it because it rolled a 17 as well. But it does have two attacks. Yeah. And one more. It's not making a slam attack against you, at least. Thank goodness. Hopefully it's not anything worse. 
He rolled a 20, didn't he? What did you roll? Wait, what am I supposed to roll? Uh, roll another check like that. Oh, it's this. It's trying to grapple me again. Okay. <laughs> Suck it. This time I get a 21. Hey. <laughs> All right. So you managed to nimbly leap away from it, kind of stopping for a second and kind of tucking and rolling, cradling your, your precious trumpet Woo. Um, as it rolls a 15. Yes. The other one, though, looks at Gienden, who currently has it pinned against the wall, and it is going to say, Threat. Threat compromised. Must protect Hugo Brassleaf. You are threat to Hugo Brassleaf. Following whatever. And when it says Hugo Brassleaf, it says that almost like pre-recorded. <laughs> Clearly, whenever this thing was sold and uh, imprinted upon its new owner. It had all that overridden. Um, it is going to make two attacks against you, Gienden, as it can still strike at you despite being unable to move. First one's a natural one, though. Ooh. So um, you just kind of grab its arm before it has a chance to move, just, uh, you know, <laughs> pushing against it. The other attack, uh, that is going to be a 14 to hit. That hits. All right. Coming at you live with a slam attack damage. Um, seven points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. As you catch that one, but the other one rockets back, and you can kind of see its arm kind of sparking with this energy as it, like, rocket fists you. Okay. Like, it, its fist actually has, like, a sort of rail track in it that it fires out from for extra impact. Um, and then as it strikes you, the sort of fritzing purple electricity around you forces you to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. I will say that there are about two people passing by where you are, and I'll roll for them. All right. I have advantage because of danger sense, right? You would. Okay, just checking. Unfortunately, they do not, and I rolled a 1 and a 4 for them. Uh, I rolled a 13. 13. So kind of like pinning this to the ground, you managed to raise the arm up in the air, but sparking from the opposite side of it, um, for this is a radius effect. There's a night roll low. I don't. Um, yeah, two more of the patrons just fall to the ground. Ugh. Dead. The memories, mm. Yenden, begin to come back to you. Thinking of that day. Remembering, perhaps more clearly than you have before, when you did everything you could to protect them. Okay. Anything else? Bonus action? Wait, I thought it was the... I thought it was oh, your it turn. Was it turn. It was yeah. its turn. Yep, nope, I'm dumb. Uh, soup. All right. Coming on at the bottom of the initiative. Coming on the bottom of the initiative and ready to fly. Okay, so with my movement, can I get within? You boing. Can I get within ten feet of um of the one Gendon's dealing with? Uh, half movement. You leaped off of there. One, two, three, four. You'd have to travel 20 feet. It's difficult terrain. Um, you could probably get within 10 feet of them, though. Yep, that's what I'm asking for, because I'm a bug all right. bear. All right. That's all I need. Yep. All yep. right. No, that's Bonus perfect, action. actually. I did not piece that together. Yeah. <laughs> Bonus action, Shalala. All right. Uh, my good old big trusty. 
Yep, as you see and you pull out your staff, all these sort of glowing mushrooms begin to shelf over it, causing this sort of radiant crackling purple and green light kind of to glow within them. You know, this is why we use scalies for jobs like this. I'm going to barrel my way through the crowd and try to hit it. So as you kind of part the crowd with like your long crook covered in glowing spores that kind of seem to give it weight and agility, um, you can bring it back and uh, go ahead and roll to hit if you want to. I would love to. All right. And you've got Symbiotic Entity up too, don't you? Yep, I do. It does a 14 hit. A 14 does not hit. Oh, damn. You go ahead and you slam against this thing. Uh, You call for Gyendon to duck. And as you do, the thing seems to register where you are and definitely raise an arm up as it cracks against it and bats it away. Damn. And then I'm going to briefly say to Gyendon, Oh, come on. I know he can be tougher than that after I kind of see that he's probably been hit once. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on from you, Hugo. You see that this thing is standing above you. If you do move, that will be another opportunity attack. I'm hiding. I'm going to go back in the bottle now and into the trumpet. So you, so you (laughs) are standing there and you're going to hold the trumpet. It's an action to use. Yep, I think. All right, that is. Go ahead and roll me a. Yep, yeah. nothing happened. Not, nothing to roll. <laughs> just to go roll. inside, just... <laughs> which you can stay in there for four hours. Four hours. I can take a short rest in there. <laughs> oh, All right, so you go. So you just blow into your trumpet, and the flames billow up around you, wrap you into the cocoon, and then flow back into the trumpet. Clang, 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 clattering to the ground. And all of you see Hugo Brassleaf seem to be sort of consumed by the trumpet and a roar of flames. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> not dying today. I'm curious. I'm not dying today. Does the thing have hit points? Does it? <laughs> Let me look. I mean, that would kind of like undermine Genie the vessel. entire idea of the patron. It has, the vessel has AC equal to your spell save DC, and its hit points are equal to your warlock level plus your proficiency bonus. Oh. It is immune to poison and psychic. I'm sorry, this is just adorable. Smart. So, you are, it has four hit points and an armor class of 13. Interesting. Wait, my save DC is 14. 14? Oh, it is 14. You're right. All right. Interesting. Oh, boy. Little man mm-hmm. pops into his little trumpet, more at 11. All right, Gyendon. All right, um, yeah, I'm feeling the memories come back, and I'm just like, no, not again. And I will now enter into a rage. All right, so as you kind of hear the shout and the screams, they kind of blend into familiar voices as you can start hearing the spirits of your tribe shout to you, and you go into a rage. Hell yeah. All right, um, now I'll for a weapon. Yep, I grab that sledgehammer that's nearby. You reach down towards the ground and you pick it up. And let's swing at this dude's arm. Alright, the maul is two. The sledgehammer works as a maul. But it is considered a two handed weapon, so you do have to ungrapple it. Alright, I'm fine with that. Alright, so you go ahead and you let go of it and you pick it up and go ahead and roll to hit. Come on. Oh, dirty 20. 
Dirty 20. I was gonna ask if you want to reckless this, but all right. Nah. The 20 to hit? Yep. All oh. right. Uh, yeah, 20 will absolutely hit. Um, so as you see uh, that happen, um, Gienden, I imagine, was pretty mild-mannered for a while. And I imagine, like, he had his drink, but, like, to pick it up, he, like, ended up dropping it at that moment as the sort of color and festivity that kind of hallmarks Electroval breaks with it. And you pick up the sledgehammer and... What's the damage? Uh, um, let's roll that. Oh my god, I'm rolling high. Um, 11 plus 4. <laughs> it's 15 damage. 15 points of damage. You strike a blow in the middle of the thing's chest piece and just knock off the chest piece. You see sort of sparking energy inside of it. It's sort of core <laughs> matrix that has a sort of, um, you know, power canister embedded into it. it. Seems to be sparking, and you see that the core of the energy, you know, you've maybe encountered a little bit of electrotech, has been replaced by this purple energy. Oh, hell yeah. Gendon, did you As know you're badass? Huh? Gendon, did you know you're badass? Yeah, I knew I was badass. I don't know if Gendon knew he was badass. <laughs> Speaking of badass, Sky, you have all the rich people, and you are holding a crowbar. <laughs> Alright, I would like to uh, hit the window forcefully with the crowbar. Just... Just roll me a just roll me a strength check, and I'll give you advantage on it because uh, a crowbar is a blunt enough object. That's seven. Yeah, that's fifteen, and I have um, nothing plus nothing, so fifteen. Do you shout anything as you do this? No. Just shout bonk. So I, I you just, just swing. I turn around and look them all in the in the eyes. Like I make eye contact, yeah. and then I just hit it. Yeah. So none of them are looking at you except for like one who's like the fire ganasi dude and he just ducks down as you swing it across and there's a ching! All of you just hear the sound of breaking glass as a plate glass window just shatters and bits of it begin to fall down to the ground below. Fortunately that area it would have fallen on have has been evacuated. Of people at that point, the uh, about half the ballroom has been emptied. I definitely checked first. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And uh, all of these individuals are just looking at you. Um, they all look unamused except for the halfling woman wearing the sort of top hat and very layered. If anything, you're, she doesn't look like she's dressed in the finest of clothes. Her dress actually seems to be cheaper than yours, but it's covered in all this fabric. And the way that she carries herself, her, her dress, you look at her nails are like brought to a point. She just starts clapping. Indeed, my lady, indeed. And yeah, all of them are just stunned silent and taking a step back as you are just standing there in this red sort of uh, cocktail dress, a, a, one leg kneeling on it and just holding a crowbar in the other hand. What do you do? Can I uh, move onto the catwalk? You can. So uh, the catwalk itself, are you climbing up or are you just going to dangle from it? I'm not entirely sure. I'm not sure I'm visualizing what you're describing. So the catwalk is not level, flush with the floor of the uh, VIP lounge. It is, if anything, just above, like maybe uh, a foot above where the top of the window would be. So by breaking the window, which kind of goes almost from the floor, almost to the ceiling, you can basically stand on it, kick the glass away, stand on it, and reach up to grab it. Um, it's going to be more of your movement if you want to climb up onto it, or do you just want to monkey bar your way to the other window? That, because there's like a break in the window before the next one would be. Oh, oh, I'll monkey bar it. 
All right. So you just are you are you are you stowing the 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 crowbar, or are you just kind of like yeah yeah. I'll, or are you just like ha it. hanging it off like your shoulder or something like that? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it with me. It seems useful. Yeah. Or even like maybe like you, you like you've got your dress, which has kind of gotten a bit torn as you're going through. So you just kind of like hold it in your knees as you're just kind of like dangling there above. All of you see that one of the individuals up in the box office uh, dressed in this very fine red dress uh, leaps out basically and is down monkey barring holding a crowbar between their legs. And yeah, Sky. As you're you're the only one who kind of sees this. The glass on this side, it's kind of strange, because looking at it from afar, you thought maybe it's just a distortion. Looking at it close, it seems to kind of ripple and blur a little bit. Almost as if there's some sort of, uh, you know, aether tech enchantment put on it that perhaps you imagine causes this side to seem sort of blurry and the other side to probably remain clear so they can view the performance without being pride upon too much by the audience, giving just a sort of silhouette. The light in here is very dim, and there's some flickering in there. And you see a form, like a flash of purple light inside of there, like another one like you saw before. And a figure that was standing up near the window <clears throat> thumps against the window, not hard enough to break it as they fall to the ground. And you swear you saw another figure back up somewhere deeper into that room. All right. Anything else? Can I actually do anything with my bonus action here? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't think so. All right, then I guess I'll just hang um, out. You, yep, so you're just hanging out. Um, if you, just a fun little tip on D&D Beyond. If you uh, click actions under bonus actions, um, it will tell you if you have any sort of bonus actions you can do. Yeah, but I think you're limited to cunning actions. All right. Um, now it is the Aether Blight's turn. This one that is fritzing, barely hanging together, is going to uh, make two attacks against the only individual it is near, Yenden. 16 to hit. It also takes 2d4 damage because it's within 10 feet of me at the beginning so of the turn. You're going to use your, you use your reaction? Yep. All right, roll that damage. 2d4, you said? Yeah. 2d6. 2d4. Right. You can go ahead and roll that. It takes four. All right. Um, before it even has a chance to strike um, Yenden, you see that as it rockets up, its, in, its arm sort of fritzing, soup uh, basically sort of lunges out with the uh, with their hand, I'd say, maybe, right? Because... Your, your spore area is the same distance as your reach area. Yeah, it just kind of spurs out from the lantern. It, it like poofs. And all these sort of necrotic mushrooms, this sort of purple glow begin to sort of billow through it. And that sort of sparking energy in the middle just becomes uh, blocked out as all its mechanics are sort of eaten and corroded away by these spores as it just kind of falls to the ground. Only two hit points after that maul strike. The other one looks down it's gonna use its action to pick it up and it's just gonna look at it and then it, the purple energy sparking from it the lantern would have to roll a deck save but I don't think it can roll a deck save because it's an object or the yeah your yeah your bottle your uh, trumpet oh boy um so that's just going to be 1d12 lightning damage oh my god. Great. You have a one third chance of surviving. Or 
Less than that. <laughs> Not kidding, I rolled a 12. What? <sighs> and it just picks it up curiously. Out of the frying pan into the fire. Um, you see as it uh, basically reaches out and uh, sorry about that, I got a visitor. Sorry about that. Uh, you see, um, sorry, remind me where you are. Yes, uh, 12 points of lightning damage to the bottle. Um, as the energy strikes the lantern and the hand sort of goes in there and begins to fritz, Hugo, you breathe a sigh of relief as you emerge inside of the uh, club-like lounge. You come into a sort of cylinder-like space where you see that there's lounges and a sort of fire pit in the middle. Um, there's a barn. It's not stocked right now. It hasn't been stocked in a while. But um, it's a safe space that you've known of. You know, a place that you can kind of treat as your private dressing room sometimes if you ever need to. And then you start seeing this purple energy crackling along the corners of it. And you see the bar split apart and the stones begin to scatter. Oh, not this um, And as suddenly you find yourself, a pressure pushes you out as you see a sort of torrent of fire and uh, purple lightning crackling in it propel you out as you are ejected from the trumpet, which is now blackened and smoldering at the feet of the thing as it looks up at you. Protect. Uh. All of you see Hugo Brassleaf subsequently return. Great. It didn't attack it. But it spent it didn't attack you that turn. That's good. That's all it needed to do. Uh yeah. It loves you too much to let you hide. Mm-hmm. If it can't have me. That's what I call shocking. Hey. <laughs> All right. Um, Soup. After uh, managing to uh, save Gienden from what would have been a nasty blow. All right. So, um, is the crowd still going crazy? Am I able to push through to get to the other one? To get towards the stage? Um, the crowd is still stage? a little bit. So to, in order to not blow billow people over, I'm going to say that after your turn, it's going to be thinned out enough that uh, you'll, you won't have any problem. Got it. But yeah, you turn around and you see that Hugo had disappeared and had returned. But you also see the woman hanging from above. And you swear you see another flash of purple coming from the window to her right. All right. The thing I can do most immediately is get rid of that other bot. So, um, how, how close can I get to it? Uh, 30 feet of movement, uh, 15 feet. You can basically just get to the edge of the stage. I can just get to the edge of the stage. I'm going to get to the edge. Of and the then it's going to be like, then it's going to be 20 feet away from you. Awesome. I'm going to get to the edge of the stage. And then with my action, I'm going to cast fairy fire on it. So it's easier to hit. All right, I'm going to assume that uh, you spare Hugo from the area. Yeah, uh, of course. Deck save. 19. Ah, dang, it doesn't make it. Um, As you send out the fire, um, it doesn't even seem to register. It just looks at Hugo. The lightning in the air actually seems to strike the spores you send out, the sort of magical essence tethered to them. And you see 
like it's almost as if the magic of them becomes corrupted. It seems to sort of cause the mushrooms to kind of overheat and die and wither and basically explode in unnatural ways. And as that kind of spreads out in the sort of blanket of, uh, you know, glowing spores try to grab it, it just causes them all to sort of ripple and become purple and corrupted like it as they become too unstable to linger in the air, the spell failing. I'm going to I'm gonna call out to Hugo and yell, keep blasting, they're not too tough. All right. Got it, whoever you are. Hugo. It's time burn this guy with my hands. I'm gonna do it. Can you use another first level slot? Yep. The only Ooh. one I have left. Alright, you look down at your blackened trumpet on the ground and uh, pull up another thing. Energy still channeled through you. You'll have to fix the trumpet later. Mm-hmm. You ruined my show. Yeah, 14. It's gotta make. Uh, that is gonna be a three. Yeah. Fails. Aha! Oh my! 13 damage. 13 damage? Yes! It is still up. What? Wow. <laughs> Easy to hit. Yep. And not I, too tough. If I... If I used my movement to get out of here, I could... I would get attacked. And if I don't, I also will get attacked. Yenden, the... The crowd has parted mostly, and you are still kind of standing there, hearing the shouts, the screams, for people to protect them. All right, um, I'm going to shout to Soup in Infernal, um, get the crowd out of here, and start running towards the other. You you construct. hear him speak. Uh, does Soup speak Infernal? Soup does not speak Infernal. <laughs> so you just hear the sort of raspy voice, the sort of low melancholy sort of click very eloquent but you don't understand it's almost like yenden's eyes almost have grown more black and you can swear you thought maybe it was your spores floating around him but no there's there's some sort of shimmer to his aura what and yenden uh you've got 30 feet of movement do you um yes i am i run up to the will i get to it if i use all 30 feet Here's the thing is that there's a five high lip. Usually uh, it would cost half your movement, but you're a cool barbarian dude. I'll let you try an athletics check. All right. Try to leap up. And I'll you get have advantage, yeah. I think, because you're raging. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, two twelve, so that's a sixteen. Sixteen. You 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 basically just uh, slam the sledgehammer into the ground and propel yourself upward like a a vaulter, a pole vaulter, vaulter, and you have just enough movement to get towards the sort of area where the curtains are burning above you, have spread nearly all above this wall. Um, eh. At this point, like, they spread a little bit, and you start seeing, like, these flashes of fire and red around you, probably bringing back some bad memories for Gienden as the pyrotechnic charges are <laughs> accidentally gone off. Yeah. Yeah, there's... You're welcome. There's, a, there's, there's 30 gold down the drain. <laughs> um... Yeah, Yenden. Um, so am I in range of the... You basically have just enough movement to basically swing as you lunge. Okay. So you barely get there. All right. Um, I'll make an attack then. All right. Uh, that's a 17 to hit. 17 does not hit. Ooh. 
you barely it's just you the distance isn't enough it's just not fast enough or you just didn't leap high enough that by the time you get up there it basically has a chance to react the the wide the swing basically goes wide okay meanwhile skydiver many glances are being put in your direction but you just saw a flash of purple and a thump of a body hitting the back of the wall and another figure disappear So, um, I'll hit, I'll, I'll take the crowbar that I'm holding in my legs with, with one hand and just hit it against the glass as hard as I can. Alright, so you're dangling from there. I'm going to ask you to make me another, uh, this is going to be an athletic check. I think this is between okay. you dangling from the monkey bars and trying to swing this crowbar as hard as you can against the glass window. That's going to be athletics in double dose, so just a straight athletics check. Okay. Uh, That's a 17. 17. Um, as you go oh. ahead, you lean back, rocking back and forth. You manage to ding, strike the glass, breaking through whatever enchantment there is. And do you leap into the, the space? Yes. So you strike against it, swing back, leap through as the uh, glass falls out of the way, maybe tearing your dress a little bit, but any wounds you get are superficial. As you come into a much nicer lounge area, sort of rugs draped across, sort of uh, jewelry, you know, not jewelry, um, you know, decor, sort of like vases and, and some paintings, artwork are mounted against the walls and against them. And you see that there's a single chair that has a table sitting next to it with a ashtray. And down below, right next to where you look, covered in some of the glass shards is a man lying face down a hole burned into his back do I know who he is like his... do, you, do you flip the do you flip the body over to see the face can I yeah I'd say with okay. your your movement yes. you bend down as uh yeah you look and you see that it is the face of an earth Ganassi man brown earthy skin veins of gold running through it a terrified expression on his face he's definitely dead right he's dead okay, okay. very very dead as you see that the hole is actually burnt to the other side that sort of crackling purple energy seeming to be much more recent than the initial surge all right can i can i ask you if he's wearing any um interesting jewelry you think back to your mission parameters and you go to look around his neck and you see that his shirt seems to have been forcefully sort of ripped open the collar of it and there's nothing around his neck moving on from Sky's turn there is one automaton still engaged as it goes ahead and looks towards you and says protect Hugo Brassleaf it is going to make a strike against Gyndon uh, basically, as you swing your maul towards it, it has a chance to basically leap under and rocket punch you in the gut. Bonk. Ooh. Did you reckless last turn? I did not. Alright, in that case, it's going to be a 14 to hit. That hits. Eight points of damage. Um, is that not counting resistance? Um, it gets reduced to uh, rage. Okay, so four damage? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, just checking. Second attack. Natural two, so that will not hit. Up to a six. And I need both Hugo and Yenden to roll me a dexterity saving throw with another surge of Aether Blight energy. Ooh. Oh. 15, baby. Oh, that's an eight. Uh oh. Eight. Cocked. Yenden, you get struck for six points of uh, lightning damage and oh. you suffer one point of exhaustion. Okay. As you feel the sort of energy kind of burn through your, uh, you know, your neural circuitry, your, your vision going cloudy and bright, and you feel all parts of your body tingling and grow stiffer than they already are. Okay. Soup. All right, boys, health check. How are you doing? Um, 11. Alright. I'm going to... So, I I think I got enough in me to hop up over the ledge and with 15 feet, I think I'll be within 10 feet. Correct? You hear a... Yeah, you do. As you consider that, you hear a breaking of glass as the woman in the red dress above you breaks through the other window and has leapt into the space and seems to be inspecting someone who had fallen against the ground, but you can't see much from where you are. Well, I got another priority. Find an off, mm-hmm. find an off switch. Using methods of hitting things very hard. Oh, okay. I'd I was like about to, to say, try... that's probably going to be an investigation, or you could just hit it. Yeah, Go ahead I'd, and... like, I'd, like to, I'd like to turn it off by method of bludgeoning. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hit it, or at least try to. All right, go ahead and roll to hit. Alrighty. Ooh, that the thing hit. has a that's high a... armor class. Yeah, that that hit. That's a, that that's an eight. Eight hey. will not cut it. At least it's in range. So when it's its turn, if it doesn't die. Yep. Um, its turn just went actually. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Hugo's turn. Yes. You are right by it, managing to duck underneath the bolt of power this time. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is there any sort of saving throw for that damage? Me? For the uh, for the uh, reaction um, symbiotic entity damage, or whatever. I believe it's automatic. Okay. Wow. All right. I just check that on your sheet before we get to uh, its turn. Yeah. There's um, there's no save. Okay. Wow. All right. Um, Hugo. Uh, real quick, for Eldritch Blast, since it's, its range is just a max of 120 feet, but it's not given a minimum, do I have disadvantage on those? Uh, you have disadvantage if you are doing a ranged attack oh, within okay. a, while being harried by a creature in melee. And I'm currently... The sort of sparking energy around it causes you to, uh... I'm currently being harried, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. No, because it attacked, uh... Sorry, not symbiotic energy, uh, Misha. Halo of Spores, I think, is the ability. Yeah, ha- yeah, that's what I'm saying. Halo of Spores, okay. no save. Okay. Um, but since it attacked Genjin... Damn, that's powerful. <laughs> Wait, never mind. It does have a save. It just didn't list it unless on the very bottom. It's a DC 13 constitution. Okay, I had a, I had a feeling because 2d4 necrotic damage is uh, potent. It's good. It's good. Tons of rules. Uh, Hugo, um, uh, you, you were doing... Oh, I was saying is it technically with me because it did attack genjin last 
It did, but both of you are harried. Basically, okay. you haven't had a turn since you broke out of it, and it was basically holding the trumpet when that happened, so you emerged next to it. Okay, then... Unless does it say when it breaks, you emerge, like, wherever you want near it, <laughs> or is it within the nearest possible space? Oh, let me actually... Uh... I appear in the unoccupied space closest to it. Then you will have appeared on the opposite side of Gien Gienjin. So that means... I will have not advantage on an Eldritch Blast. You will not? Yes, I believe. It's still it's still in melee with you. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Now I see. Five E doesn't Five E doesn't really utilize like directional like old versions. Rogues would have like something called backstab damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I Everything's omnidirectional for simplicity. I thought you meant that Genjin was between the robot and me. Yeah. No. No. Mm -hmm. All right. Then I'm gonna slash at it with a dagger. You roll your dagger attack. Yes, I do. Aha. I keep one. You know what time it is. What's your roll? At 20 time. <laughs> With the dagger. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and... Uh, so, for those of you who don't know how I like to do crits, because um, it sucks when you get double damage die and you roll two really low numbers that are lower than what you usually roll for a single die. Um... Let's go ahead and uh, maximize the damage for the original dice, and then you roll the dice again. That way you're guaranteed to deal the maximum that it would usually be. And then more. Do proficiencies get applied to that maximum, the first maximum? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. So it's like, what's the maximum damage for your dagger? Um, well, it's... Wait, why did it just go down to, to 1d4 plus 2? It was 2d4 plus 2 before. 2d4 plus 2? Oh, I, that's D&D Beyond. Uh, we don't use that crit system. Oh, so it's it... just 1d4 plus 2? Oh, yeah, okay. So so it so would be 6 points of damage max, right? Yep, and then... Roll another d4 on top of that. Ah, oh. 3. Wait, yeah, 3. It says 9 total points of damage. How do you want to do this, Hugo? Yes! <laughs> Critical um, shank. <laughs> Critical shank. Talk, I, you know, I, and, and I said that, uh, you know, backstab damage is an N5E. Oh, wait. You know what? I don't know why it doesn't appear on my action sheet, but technically I have that, that genie's wrath thing. Uh, when, when I hit with an attack roll, I can do extra two fire damage, but that means I can right. make it flavorful and coat my dagger in fire, stab it into its circuitry, and create a blade yep. of fire that just swoops so, through it and cuts through it all. You're familiar with the circuitry of this thing, having uh, had to read the user's manual for it. Yes. Um, Always read the user's manual, folks. <laughs> as you go ahead and strike the flaming dagger into it, you manage to strike just the right portion to basically puncture the battery and cause it to burn out that little spark of energy that was captured inside of it. Um, the entire system begins to go on the fritz, the corrupt energy beginning to kind of burn some of the bulbs. There's breaking of glass as it ruptures. Uh, soup like sends out a, um, a, a roar of necrotic energy uh, as it begins to sort of malfunction and, and lash wildly, but the shrooms on it causes its joints to freeze up as it freezes and the lights go out in its eyes. Yes. And the three of you uh, look at each other for a moment. Anything you want to say? Can't believe somebody sold me that piece of junk. Look at what it did to my performance. 
your performance? A bunch of people just died. Was that the last one of them? I'm still in talking in Infernal, of course. Yep. Oh, oh they did. Sky. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. What are you doing? All right. I'm going to quickly try to survey the situation and figure out what's going yeah. on right now and try to gauge if there's any other threats. What does Sky do? Um... I mean, it's not really my turn, is it? Like, I, I assume I'm still- Uh, we're jumping out of initiative order at the moment. Um... You, you've I... leaped in, you've inspected in the thing that was- that you were looking for, the sort of necklace that you were rumored about, is not on, seems to have been forcefully removed well, from, uh... I'm gonna leave the room so that if somebody else comes in, they don't connect me with the dead guy on the floor. You see behind this room appears to be a sort of turning area and then door is left ajar. You see a sort of ambient sort of outdoor city light kind of streaming into this area from where that door is and you can swear you see a, some staircases leading up onto the roof. Perfect. I'll uh, take that then. All right. Is there any so risk as of the fire spreading? Um, the fire as it's going out, coming out, uh, you see coming out now holding a fire extinguisher don't worry folks i got this under control just just stay calm just stay calm just stay calm <laughs> and he'll go out and you see lazar the sort of uh maintenance man slash mc of the crocodile's ball gown begins spraying it and he says your folks i heard some commotion up there mind checking out the vip suite can we see that there's, like, can we see in there now that the glass is shattered? Yeah, you see that there are many individuals who are beginning to sort of back up and, and bicker, and some of them are going to begin filtering out. But you can see standing there is the woman in the red dress as she seems to rustle around with something, look around, and basically dart off away from where you are, deeper into the room. Yeah, I think I'm going to start heading up there, mostly to see if people are okay. All right, okay, you're heading the, taking the stairs? Uh, yeah. Alright. Um, Sky, are you be- yeah. So you're making your way up there. Hugo, Gienden, what are you doing? Um, I'm going to Look, leave my rage Your rage and, has- Yeah. Your rage has subsided at this point. I'm going to dwell on the, um, dead people, I guess. And you just kind of sit down at the edge of it and lean on your sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow Soup, the savior who, sa who healed me. All right, do you say anything as you follow Soup, who's kind of, like, shepherding their way, um, looking at some of the bodies, and... What you... What you did to me during that fight was incredible. Could you do it again? Right now? Yes. Alrighty. Uh, also, uh, you're, you're, you're gonna... We need to run, and you're gonna be a little slow. Uh, mind if I give you a lift? can't say that's ever been offered me before. You know what? It's been a weird day. Sure. Well, at least you're Thank helping you. me a little bit at this point. Healing word, and I'm going to pick him up and take him with me. All right, roll the healing word damage, or <laughs> yeah, hit point. <laughs> As you kill Hugo. Oh, no. Hugo needs to roll. No con save. I the halfling up for a d4 plus three healing damage. Right. So as you just kind of swoop him up and cradle him in your long, lanky arm, um, <laughs> like a ladle. Six. And I imagine you're having this conversation as you're walking, and Hugo's kind of like behind you, like, "Hey, that thing, can you do it again?" And it's like, you know, kind of like tugging <laughs> on your leg. 
kind of picking up their 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 burnt trumpet and trying yeah. to like polish it the yeah, blackness out of like it. like a cat. Oh. Yeah. So you're just kind of hugged against uh, Soup's chest. Yeah. Uh, Hang in there, buddy. <laughs> As you do that, uh, Gyndon just kind of sits there, staring at the six bodies of the people he was not quick enough to protect. He makes his way, you all make your way up to the area above, kind of wrapping your way around. And yeah, you see some of the figures begin to speak towards you. Um, you see a sort of halfling woman say, My, 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 that was the best show I've ever seen! Complimentaries to the compliments to the establishment. I, I really better be going now. And she'll kind of like shoulder her way past. Um, you see, uh, you could have sworn, Hugo, you saw Fire Ganassi up here standing near the window. But when you get up there, he is gone. Mm. And yeah, you see that there's a few individuals. Um, you see a sort of heavier, uh, darker skinned. Uh, individual who doesn't seem to really broadcast any uh, binary gender says, Well, hello. Uh, excuse me. Uh, might impress if you were able to help out. You know what's going on here? At all? No, I can quite surely say I have no idea. No, oh, I don't. Is, Mr. Is Mr. Brassleaf, I, I gotta say it's a pleasure. Well, pleasure is all mine. Uh, there was, there's some, some lady here. Just a second. Just a just before you showed up, she broke the window. I think the other one too, towards the uh, Portsmouth Guild, uh, Portsmouth Suite. Gilded? Oh uh, yeah. We better go see. He's the one who uh, invited us here. He's the one who sponsored the show. If you didn't know, he requested you personally. We better go check on him. We gotta. All right, let's go. Um, you, you see, Lazar has joined you at this point, having finished it. Hold on, hold on. I got a master key right here. The bassy halfling walks up and begins opening the door. I still don't know how you do that with your voice. <laughs> yeah. He says he gets it from his mom. Yeah, I'm a bit of a mama's boy. She's the one who put me in choir. <laughs> that was you, the last choice of her. As you open up that door, this this pleasant conversation is immediately met with another body, similarly sort of scarred by the same sort of necrotic energy that struck. Uh, or the, the sort of corrupt lightning energy, I should say, that struck um, the, the people who are near the automatons. An individual lying on the ground, and no immediate signs of a red-dressed woman. Do you say anything? Oh, flames above. And it is most certainly the body of Portsmouth Gilded, for the body has been flipped onto its back. Oh. Shit, I'm out of heal spores. I don't think heal spores could have done anything to this. Sky. As you begin making your way up the stairwell into the brisk air, uh, what are you doing as you're making your way up the stairs? I think I'm mostly looking for a way out at this point. All right. As you emerge and you begin seeing the sort of vertical skyline of Electrovol to your, you know, behind you, as you look up the stairs, you begin kind of grabbing the dress or maybe ripping off chunks of it. There's probably like still a tag attached to it that, uh, that Dimitri, your contact, uh, said like, oh, please don't, you know, tr tr try to get it back in please. Clearly out the window now. And as you make your way up, you look around immediately for a figure, perhaps, that you saw through here. You know, run out this way, and as you 
begin to assess your options, few figures emerge onto the buildings nearby. Do they look threatening? Ma'am, ma'am, stand down. We have to ask you to stand down. There's the Velvet Blue. Stand down. We've heard of an incident. They're about uh, 30 feet away from you, basically going up the fire escape. You're basically still in the stairwell. What do you do? run back down the other way. <laughs> so you run down now. So as all of you are looking around, you hear footsteps basically trotting as you uh, <laughs> then see the red-dressed woman immediately after having that conversation <laughs> run back down the steps as you hear the sounds of uh, sort of magical amplifiers shouting the velvet blue is here and you see the woman in the red dress, the elven white, you know, lighter-haired individual come down and she looks at the Three of you, plus Lazar. Hey, you, as a sponsor, okay? No. No? I'm just gonna take a step back. <laughs> ah, shit. Uh, I'm gonna hold my hands flaming out, ready for ready for combat, just in case, and... Ma'am, do not flee. Do not flee. In a position of ground, flank the exit. Are the police after you? Kind of stuttering also. This is the Velvet Blue. This is the police. Do not intercede. We will take lethal action. You... You did this? You did all this? Killed the sponsor? No. I found him that way. Huh. Yeah, right. I'm gonna inside that. Mm. I'm gonna inside that. If you just ask somebody, Hey, did you, did you kill this rich guy? And they're like, Nah, I didn't. Like, they're not just necessarily me... telling the truth. Instead of rolling an insight check, I'm going to leave it up to you and what Soup has experienced to decide how much Soup would believe that compared to them saying that they don't, if that's okay. Because I think that you're allowed to doubt. Yeah, I'm, I think I... Press X. I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to press X to doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I misspoke a moment ago. It is just the two of you and Lazar... Unless Gienden has wanted to move from where he is at the moment. No, I don't think so. All right. Carry on. I, I'm not sure what's going on. Soup is pressing X to doubt. Yeah. yeah. You so, just see this okay. tall bugbearer covered in, in, in mushrooms right. looking at you suspiciously, like not seeming to 100% buy that you did not kill this man. Okay, um... Your, your insight, your sort of inquisitive skills would lend you to that. I'm... I'm just going to point out to them that um, I wouldn't be coming back to the scene of the crime, would I? If I'd That's done true. it. That's true. And also, in general, law enforcement suck. Come with us. As you say that, you hear the sounds of a commotion downstairs. Um, as many of the individuals in the other room have begun trying to filter out the downstairs case, and you start hearing the voice speak up again. Stand down, stand down. Everyone who's under arrest, stand down. We don't want to have to bring you in, we're going to have to. Seeming to be coming in from both sides. Are, are, are you going to go? You see there's like a catwalk that maybe leads towards where the backstage area is. 
Can I make it back to that trash can where I stashed my coveralls? Uh, Your coveralls? Sure. Yeah, you start billowing down there, but just as you run out of the room, um, you see several individuals come down wearing sort of uh, masked helmets, sort of tactical gear acquired, um, and carrying sort of uh, long sort of Aether Tech Thunderstone firearms. As they begin going in, and they start leveling at all you. Load the weapons, load the weapons now. Load them. Stand away from the body. It says that the two of you. Hugo and Soup. I'm just... I, for, for, I'm going to take a quick moment and look at Hugo like, what are you going to do? Uh, we found him this way. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just, On your knees. I'm just here protecting the star. That's it. On your knees. No incantations. You know how to watch out for them. Down. Oh. And they're going to basically like level the guns at you and demand that you you basically drop whatever you're holding, staff, etc. Okay. Lift your arms up. Mm-hmm. Step away from the body. No way. Yeah, I'm yep, gonna... yep, so... you, you gotta believe that we, we, we were looking for to make sure he's okay. I can't do that kind of magic. I don't know you, how. You see, you see one of them look down and look at the other and say, Um, and the other one like looks up at you and says, and she basically, yeah, and yeah, you basically hear the more feminine voice say, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. I'll and, help any uh, way I can, and I get on my knees, put down my staff. And they look into the other room at the woman in the torn red dress, billowing through the trash can, and one of them steps in, just as you manage to pull out the wadded bundle of coveralls, you see that someone has kind of dropped a plate of artichoke dip on top of them. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's the trash can. <laughs> someone's like, yeah, someone's like pulled out like an entire bottle of wine in there too. So they're pretty nasty. And one of them, as you're inspecting that, you see two officers come in because about six of them entered from the roof. Two of them go, ma'am, ma'am, stand down, stand down. You've got maybe a little bit of cover if you want to make a break for it. Miss Dumpster Diver. <laughs> you know what? I'll just I'll just surrender. I don't I don't really have a death wish and I do work with them. So. Alright. So you, you stand down and they're basically gonna approach you and say and, and, and basically kind of like check to see if you got any weapons. They say Drop the bundle. It's a drop the bundle now. I'll I'll drop it. Along with you the just crowbar, on the floor. I assume. <laughs> ching 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 ching. And yeah, they are going to uh Approach all of you and place you under the suspected, under arrest for the suspected murder of Portsmouth Gilded. Darn. At a certain point, as the crew is coming in at the ground, you hear a voice say, We got one in here. As they begin filtering in, about three guards see you kind of leaning on your sledgehammer, looking at all the bodies. What? What are you talking about? Sir, drop the hammer now. Uh, okay. You're under arrest. For what? The suspected involvement in the activities here this evening. Do not resist or we'll be forced to take legal action. <sighs> really? And yeah, they're just going to like walk up to you. All of them are like a head shorter than you are. In fact, one of them's probably like a halfling or a gnome. All of them wearing <laughs> these sort of visor helmets that you can't really see too much detail on. But yeah, they are going to level their weapons at you and demand that you come with them. 
Yeah, I'll go with them. All right. Um, do any of you make any sort of... Is there anything any of you want to do? Do you... Or do you just comply? Uh, with well, whatever they do. I'm complying. Probably right. spouting some incoherent babble about that I didn't wasn't doing that. I didn't do this. Stoops complying because Hugo's complying. All right. I'm complying for my Sky. own personal honor code. <laughs> I'm gonna comply because it's just it's probably in my best interest of my safety. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is just like reading the, the equivalent of the Miranda's rights to you. Um. And, uh, yeah, and Gienden, basically three of them are just kind of, like, leveling weapons at you as they make you walk. This seems like a bit much. You're a big dude. One of them's a halfling. They don't trust big people. Ugh. I know bigger people that I shouldn't trust. And, yeah, all of you are led outside of the establishment, as there seems to have been a commotion towards the uh, perimeter that's been established from here. There's a precinct, not but a uh, block and a half away. So it would make sense that they were able to deploy within about two minutes of the commotion that went on. As you begin making your way out, uh, you begin to, yeah, you begin to bit filter it out. And yeah, Soup and Hugo were near each other at a certain point. Um... You see a sort of uh, woman, a female half-orc. Uh, she's wearing a sort of button-down uh, button-down uh, button shirt that is, you know, like with a kind of a, a professional collar, but the top two buttons are kind of buttoned weird. She's standing there with like a sort of a cup of, like a disposable cup of coffee, and her hands are jittering a little bit, and her hair is, seems to look like she's just woken up. And she speaks out. Well... Sort these people out. Hey, those folks there, keep them separated. I don't want them talking to each other. We gotta seal the perimeter, start questioning the owners here, see if they got any involvement. I really know these guys. And yeah, she's calling this from like 30 feet away, just dismissively, like, suspects, separate them. Can't have them talking to each other. And yeah, they're basically going to load you up into separate, uh, skeletal warhorse-drawn carriages. And does Soup and Hugo allow themselves to be pulled apart? Yes. Yeah. All right. The, the four you of you... Carrying me. The four of you are basically brought into the petty wagons. Uh, the owners as well. Um, it seems like Lazar and... Uh, Lazar and Randolph are brought into a sort of another one. Uh, you hear the woman kind of speak, Hugo, as you're being locked up into the petty wagon. Bring in a coroner's team. We got to inspect the body. We can't have too many people looking at it. Between this and the watchdog situation that's been happening, this job doesn't leave any time to sleep. Watchdog situation? I don't know. Anyway. All of you are arrested. Great. Uh -oh. Shipped away. Yay. Yeah. Soup's never been to jail downtown. before. Yep. All of you are, are arrested, sometime, perhaps for the first time, and Hugo's taken not, downtown. Hugo's not going to do well in We're prison. not walking fast. Mm. We're what solemnly happens? being taken there in carriages. Mm -hmm. 
and whatever happens next, I suppose we will have to get to in our next little bit, which uh, for the audience will be next episode. You've been listening to Electroval, as featured on Dice Carnival. We appreciate your support in listening and leaving us a good rating. Please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter. Music is used with permission by This Way to the Egress. All links are in the description below. And no matter where you are, keep it up. You're doing great. See you later.